and welcome to the ED Big Brexit Questions podcast. This is the series in which we explore how the UK's exit from the EU will impact the business and policy spheres surrounding key parts of the UK's green economy. I'm Sarah, the reporter here at ED, and I'm coming to you on Tuesday the 7th of May from our offices here in East Grinstead, West Sussex. It's an odd one today because it's the first day of the week for us, even though it's a Tuesday. Um, And I should tell you that this segment was recorded last Friday before we all enjoyed a long three-day weekend. Um, So after covering natural capital and resource efficiency and waste management for the first two episodes of this podcast, um, Matt kindly stepped up last week and covered renewables. So we're now on to episode four of this six-part series. And today's discussion will be about green finance. Providing expert insight and opinions in this edition is Sir Roger Gifford, the Chair of the City of London Corporation's Green Finance Initiative and former Lord Mayor of London. I don't think there are many people out there who are better placed to discuss this topic, so I hope you enjoy that discussion. Here it is, in full. So thank you so much for joining me this morning, Roger. How are you doing? I'm doing very well indeed, thank you. It's a Friday. It's a great day. It's a bank holiday weekend coming up. Yes, so as you may have gathered, we are recording this three days ahead of time. Um, yes, so looking forward to a long weekend, but hoping to grill you a little bit before you get off the hook for that. Um, and just wanted to start off with the question that I've been asking all the other speakers on this podcast, which is that um, since the vote, what, what have you seen happening to growth in the green finance area? We've been covering... For example, between 2016 and 2017, a lot of news about a boom in green bonds um, and just generally globally green investment seems to be going up. But what have you been seeing specifically in London from a UK perspective? Absolutely. Thanks for a really interesting question. I think it's very hard to describe any of the current growth and interest in green finance to Brexit one way or the other, to be honest. It so happens that as, as, a, as a general policy of City London Corporation, um, which is a kind of a, a driving body in financial services development. But, but they've had on the radar green finance for some three and a half years. We set up the Green Finance Initiative three and a half years ago at the, beginning of, at the end of 2015. And Brexit or no Brexit, the explosion in, of growth in interest in green finance and green issues, I mean, we can all see it, whether it's plastics or whether it's the Greta Thunberg from Sweden. Um, there's been a massive interest in climate and therefore how we can help the worst effects of climate change and therefore finance because finance is powerful and the power of finance to change or to amend behavior and to transform societies is, is, uh, is demonstrable and strong and we believe that in green finance we can bring that to bear as well but it isn't directly related to brexit except perhaps that brexit has made us all the more determined to see um, london and the uk as the kind of green finance center it, it is anyway but we are we're determined to drive that further Mm. And then you you talked there about sort of positive progress regardless um, of Brexit, but since since the vote was conducted, how have you seen the finance sector responding? For example, a lot a lot of um, businesses affected in the natural capital aspect, for example, farmers have been asking for more clarity on what will happen afterwards, or lobbying for um, specific clauses to help secure their future. Future um, is that something you've seen in finance? The, the honest answer is no, um, but let, let me let me be a little bit more more, um, more helpful. The question of regulation 
and taxonomy and standards is one that we actively discuss with our European counterparts, and we're very much on the same page. There are several networks of discussions happening, both at central bank level all the way down to individual bond markets, about how Brexit will affect the way the capital markets work. Mm. The work. A layer on top of that would then be the green finance aspect, the green aspect, which is the scientific accreditation which is given to all loans and bonds, how that would apply in a kind of post-Brexit world on top of the existing capital market regulatory changes, such as they may be. So I think you start first with the capital markets, and then you say that green finance as such is a, it's a global discussion, everywhere from China and Indonesia through Latin America, Brazil, uh, definitely through the major capital markets of the world, of which London is a very active part. The green finance discussion is taking place because people want to know more and more what their money is doing. Whether you're a banker or an investor, where's my money going? What's it doing? If it can be applied to an environmentally beneficial purpose, slash climate change, slash pollution, slash water purification, then that's what I want to see. That, per se, is not affected by Brexit, but the individual capital markets working between London and continental Europe, or Ireland or Luxembourg, yes, those are affected. Mm. So what it means for the London Stock Exchange in terms of listings of green bonds on the London Stock Exchange, that will undoubtedly be a discussion they're having generally as a, as a result of Brexit. It won't be a specific green finance discussion. There is definitely um, a discussion around taxonomy, around what green means and what blue means and what sustainable development goals and ESG mean. And that, but that's a discussion which is happening cross-border, really without any reference to a split of, of European capital markets. I, I don't see Brexit as something that's, that's going to impinge on that as, as such. Okay, great. And then I wanted to ask, you talk there about the global community and specifically the conversation between green finance organisations in the UK and the EU being on the same page with where they want to go. So what is that at the moment? What are they focusing on? We've seen covered a lot of banks, for example, aligning their portfolios with the Paris Agreement, um, a lot of calls for investors for better disclosure, and as you mentioned, their better clarification of terms such as green finance or ESG investing. So what, what are, when we're on the same page, what is the big goal or aspiration at the moment? I, I see our big goal is transforming the way that society behaves. And that sounds like a very grand term, but when you look at what's happening in the Swedish krona bond market and how the rise of green bonds has risen from almost nothing, virtually nothing 10 years ago to some one-third of the market in the first two months of this, of, of this year of all bonds issued in Sweden were green. And that compares to kind of well under 0.1% or something back in the UK and mm. actually 2% or 3% in Canada and Australia. But when, you, when, when a third of your bond market turns green, you begin to get real transformation. There's another terrific example from the United States of for Fannie Mae, the, 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 the multi-apartment multi family, multi-family apartment block mortgage lender, where they've introduced a green mortgage and they reduced the discount rates on the mortgage to reflect, um, to reflect what they felt was the real worth of a green building as opposed to a non-green building. And the market took off phenomenally. And, and I would like to see that same kind of transformation happening in the UK and indeed across across Europe. And it's how to get there. What what are the nitty gritty, the pain points, the, the, the smallest aspects of law that need to be changed in order to encourage a green mortgage market, a green ISA market, a green savings market, a green bigger, more more pension products, more green products. 
of the agent is when they look at the funds available, are they asking the right questions about the sustainability of the funds that they're recommending to the pensions, the, the, the funds that they're, that they're with? That's the kind of nitty-gritty level that we are engaging with, and I, and I really want to, we are really trying to affect change. Now, I, I said earlier, Green is a global discussion. It is a global discussion, but the solution to so many of the financial market issues will be local, because the bond markets are different in Sweden than they are in Denmark, than mm -hmm. they are in France or Germany or UK. We don't really have a bond culture in the UK in the same way that Denmark and Sweden do, for instance. So naturally, solutions for greening society will be different. On the other hand, we're big stock buyers, and FTSE Russell is doing some amazing work at the moment on how to judge stocks as being green or not green, and therefore, thereby helping to create green funds. And, and getting this to a level which is investor-proof or fiduciary agent-proof to the extent they cannot say this is anything other than really good, backed back by good research, good science, but also very profitable, the right kind of product to be doing. Um, getting to that stage is a lot of work. Um, and I think examples like the Swedish Corona bond market or, or, or in the States, or, or indeed in Holland where some fantastic work has been done, these are the kind of examples where, where we're promoting to show what can happen when a society takes it on. And that's, that's the page we're really working on. But as I say, it's a, it's a global discussion, Greece. It's a great, you know, Paris, Paris 2015 was a, was a global um, exercise. So the solutions when they come, particularly financial solutions, will be local, local to the UK, local to France, local to Germany. Mm. And you talk there about getting those local solutions will require working through a lot of nitty-gritty laws, as you put it. But we've also covered in this series the challenges that have been faced in other sectors, which was being really slow to be set while everything is, as people say, gummed up in the Brexit machine. Is that something that concerns you or any other concerns about the impact of green growth in well, the sector? Well, um, I, 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 it's hard to say. One, a year ago, or just about a year and a half ago, the government launched a green finance task force Mm. for looking at how to accelerate green finance in the UK. And he did that in the middle of the kind of uh, the, or the early stage of Brexit discussions towards the end of 2017. Six months later, that report was presented in March 2018. It's a wonderful document. I recommend it to anybody listening to this as a, as, a, as, a, as a blueprint for how, not a blueprint for how to do it, but a blueprint for how to try to tackle the, the issues of greening the financial system. Um, that happened last March. Uh, and since then, we've been very actively working in a number of different areas to, to bring the recommendations, lots of recommendations in that report, bring them to market. Um, and that work is ongoing. In fact, it's going to be formalized and strengthened, if you like, through a new Green Finance Institute, which is being launched this summer, uh, which has had backing initially from the City of London Corporation and from Bayes and from HMT. Um, that is in the process of being formed and getting off the ground, specifically to take this agenda forward. So I think that I think we can say the government, even if they're not doing it directly inside base at this minute, the formation of the new institute will be a, a major plank for the UK to drive forward both the domestic agenda and the kind of the global agenda side to, to engagement overseas, particularly in China, India, Brazil, but also with um, Mexico, with Colombia, with the European counterparts, uh, with Japan, a very important counterpart, and so on. So I, I think you know we can point to with I think we're doing quite a lot, and we certainly have a sense of urgency about this because we we want to make it work. Okay, great. No, the the launch of the institute is definitely something we'll be keeping a keen eye on. Here, just cheekily, could I ask you if you know when that is likely to be? Second of July. Okay, fantastic. We'll want to get in the calendar. We have, we have the third Green Finance Summit in the Guildhall. Please come. Please register. It's going to be 
registered last year, we had we had closed out the 1,200 applications because the hall can only really take 750 people. So get in early. Anybody listening to this can come and come to our Green Finance Hub, at which the Green Finance Institute will be formally launched. And by then, we will have in place um, a governance structure, a board, and we will have a CEO in place as well. Okay, great. Um, are you right in saying that that is a co-business and government co-working to operate that? The idea is that this will initially be is being funded for the first three years by government in the City of London. Thereafter, we hope it will be so useful to people that we will attract members to come in on a subscription basis, probably the, the major financial institutions, but also companies and, uh, and others who want to participate. Um, so we hope it will become a membership body, which will therefore be driven by industry after the initial two, three-year investment period, uh, rather than by government or by the City of London. Although government and City of London will continue, I'm sure, to be very important partners um, because having them around the table is actually key to the whole. The, 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 the real success of the Green Finance Initiative has been having government and industry around the same table having a discussion about how to take things forward. Well, that spirit, that, uh, that ethos will continue with the new institute. Great. Well, fingers crossed for you guys. That's all we have time for on today's podcast. So thank you so much, Roger, for oh, taking no, the time just, out. We're just getting going. That was really interesting. <laughs> That's nice thing to talk. I shouldn't say that, should I? But I think, yeah, I think your questions are very interesting. And I, I hope that Brexit will be seen in the future as no more than a blip of one way or the other. It will affect certain aspects of taxonomy, I'm thinking about. But actually, I don't think it was, in terms of green finance, it's in any way hindrance. It could even be a, an impetus. Well, thank you so much for to Sir Roger there for joining us. As I mentioned before, this is the fourth episode in a six-part series, so keep your eyes peeled for the next two episodes, which will be following over the next fortnight. And if you're looking for some more Brexit information, you're more than welcome to download our free Brexit matrix on ed.net. This is a downloadable document that explores the impact of the UK's various exit scenario options, which are on the table now on key aspects of the green economy and green policy. That can be found by heading to our website ed.net and clicking downloads in the top bar. But for now, it's goodbye from me. Goodbye.